Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. And I'm Brian Mazeroski. Outside right now, a few clouds. It's a little cool. 63 degrees this morning, uh, which... Won't be for long. (laughs) Might not have expected because we'll be near 90 later on this afternoon. Here's what's happening. Kaleida Healthcare Workers, represented by CWA and 1199 SEIU, elected to not extend their union contracts at the beginning of this month after a number of extensions. Does that mean Western New York is in danger of another nurse's strike? WBEN's Tom Puckett is taking a look. Former Buffalo General Hospital President Larry Zielinski does not believe nurses represented by CWA will strike against Kaleida Health. You've got uh, you know, a whole new management team at Kaleida that certainly wants to get their new regime off to a positive start. And the number one thing on, on their agenda is, uh, you know, a, a peaceful settlement. Zelensky believes the two sides are negotiating the same issues that led to the strike by Mercy Hospital nurses against Catholic Health System, pay, benefits, and staffing ratios. A contract extension between CWA and Kaleida expired over the weekend but was not renewed. My reading of it is that both parties are really interested in, in coming to a settlement and don't want to, uh, to extend this. I think that's the reason why uh, there's not an extension, because they don't want to kick the can any further down the road with the end of the year approaching and uh, uh, 2023 budgets uh, on the horizon. I mean, they've got to get this settled. Zelensky says a strike against Kaleida could be suicidal. Find out why online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. We'll be uh, examining this a little bit more in-depth live interviews Uh, on this exact topic coming up later on this morning. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan. Pelosi defended her trip, writing, In the face of the Chinese Communist Party's accelerating aggression, our congressional delegation's visit should be seen as an unequivocal statement that America stands with Taiwan. We have built a thriving partnership grounded in our shared values of self-government and self-determination. At the White House, spokesman John Kirby urged China not to turn the visit into a crisis. We've been very clear that nothing has changed about our one-China policy. We said we do not support Taiwan independence. And there you have a little bit of Nancy Pelosi's visit, Andrew Dimbert reporting from Washington. Back at home, Buffalo police say a man's recovering after being shot last night around 8 p.m. near Bailey and Davidson. The man was taken to ECMC. 
Anyone with information is asked to contact Buffalo Police. The suspect accused in the deadly July 4th shooting outside of Chicago due in court today. Robert Cremo III will be arraigned today for his alleged role in the July 4th parade shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. The 21-year-old's court appearance, which was supposed to be last week, had been postponed after a grand jury indicted him on 117 counts, including first-degree murder. Police say Cremo fired several full 30-round magazines. Officers recovered a total of 83 bent shell casings at the scene. Seven people were killed, dozens wounded, including an eight-year-old boy who was paralyzed. Daria Albinger, ABC News. The Great Northern Grain Elevator still stands with a gaping hole as a judge prepares to hear an appeal on whether or not it should be torn down. WBEN's Brayton Wilson was down on the waterfront asking people to take a look. Efforts continue towards trying to save the historic Great Northern Grain Elevator from emergency demolition at the hands of its owner, Archer Daniels Midland, in Buffalo's Old First Ward. Over the last several months since the north wall of the building suffered extensive structural damage due to a windstorm, a number of preservationists and other government officials have expressed the hopes that the 1897 structure will be restored and potentially transformed like other historic structures in the city of Buffalo. But what about the public's input on the matter? Do local residents share the same sentiment as others hoping to save the Great Northern? I think they should save it as part of Buffalo's history. It's a landmark. It's not anything to be torn down. Just because it could use some work doesn't mean that you should always tear things down, especially in the part of history. That was Lisa visiting Buffalo Riverworks on Tuesday. Other people knock it down. It's ugly. I just know that there's the hole and some people want to save it and others don't. I think it's cool. It, it kind of fits the vibe around here. There's a lot of old buildings with a lot of history, so... I think it's cool to have that and kind of keep that preserved. It's historical. It should stay there. Just remodel it. Can't be that hard. So what do some people envision for the future of the Great Northern for those that feel it should be saved? Cole is a worker at Riverworks and sees an endless amount of possibilities for the structure. You look at Riverworks and they've done a whole bunch of cool stuff over here, like turning these old buildings into cool different attractions that everybody likes to come and enjoy. So I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity to do something with it. I mean, there's plenty of space to do all kinds of cool stuff, just like Riverworks has done. More public opinion on the Great Northern Grain Elevator is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. That's where you can uh, vote on our web poll. What are you thinking about that Great Northern Grain Elevator? Slow down, knock it down, or figure out a plan first? Uh, right now, the majority of you say, what's it doing still standing there? Knock it down already. You can vote online over at WBEN. Dot com. It's brought to you by Relax Honda. State police step into a farm dispute in Niagara County. The owner of Ashes Farm Sanctuary in Newfane was arrested Tuesday for stealing two of her neighbor's cows after the animals had wandered onto her property and she refused to give them back. Troopers went out with a warrant to not only get the cows from the property at the sanctuary, but to also make a criminal arrest of Grand Larceny Third. State police trooper James O'Callaghan says the cattle have been returned to the owner. 59-year-old Tracy Murphy has been charged with grand larceny and released. Wow. What a yeah. dispute happening in cow country. Well, some UB alumni a bit richer this morning. I mean, more than a bit for some. After winning the basketball tournament on ESPN last night, the blue-collar U team playing in the championship game featured past UB men's basketball players vying for a $1 million prize. They won at an 89-67 win last night. 
once the pot is split, players get anywhere from about $15,000 to $100,000, depending on the rules on the team. They've pledged to donate a portion of that to Coaching Love. That's a charity that benefits foster children. Great story. UB men wow. winning another title, although not officially UB this time, but keeping the roots all UB alumni kind of using the moniker they got under former coach Nate Oates, who was in attendance to watch his old uh, team that's cool do well. too and there is something about you know these smaller tournaments that they run where you have teams that are friends you know they want to right. be together they're together yeah. for a reason and it's pretty cool to see so congratulations to the uh, ub alums who won a cool million dollars last Ooh. night the nfl has suspended miami dolphins owner stephen ross and the team will lose two future draft picks after a league investigation into tampering allegations. An independent investigation finding Ross violated the league's anti-tampering policy by trying to lure former Saints head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Tom Brady while he was with the Patriots and then the Buccaneers. The investigation stemming from a racial discrimination lawsuit from former Miami head coach Brian Flores, who also claimed that Ross offered him $100,000 to tank games to improve their draft position. The NFL finding no evidence the team intentionally lost games, but for tampering, Ross will now be suspended through mid-October and is ordered to pay a $1.5 million fine. All right. Well, the Dolphins will have to forfeit a first-round pick in the 2023 draft and a third-round pick in 2024. Ooh, how about that? Yeah. All right, Dolphins. And uh, iconic baseball play-by-play announcer Vin Scully has passed away. Fastball is hit to left field. Nobody did it like Vin Scully. He started with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1950. He documented legends of the game, including Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax. In 1965, calling Koufax's perfect game against the Chicago Cubs. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung on and missed a perfect game. He retired in 2016. It's time for Dodger baseball. Vin Scully died at his home here in L.A. He was 94. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. One of those all-time iconic baseball voices, six decades with the Dodgers, um, you know, spanning generations. And I don't even like baseball, and I know who Vince Scully is. Oh, everyone knows uh, exactly who Vince Scully is. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. It'll be mostly sunny and hot today with temperatures in the upper 80s this afternoon. Warm and muggy tonight. Overnight lows in the 70s. Scattered showers and thunder showers on Thursday. Thursday with temperatures in the mid 80s, low 80s on Friday with some scattered showers through early afternoon. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Ken Cruley is joining us this morning from politicsandstuff.com. Hey, Ken, it's always great to hear from you. I want to talk about President Biden's approval rating. It is the lowest for any president in modern history at 38% nationally. Uh, coming at a time when we're either in or entering a recession. And even here in the state of New York, a Siena poll yesterday that came out, 47% of New Yorkers approve of the job that Biden is doing as president. How do you look at that? Well, uh, you certainly had, uh, the president has had some tough times with the polls. Uh, I, I think it probably would have been helpful if they were communicating some things a little bit better uh, because they have had some success. They, they got through the, uh, of the funding at early COVID uh, issues that provided a lot of relief for businesses and individuals. They 
were able to do uh, things with uh, infrastructure and more recently the things uh, that's co- the legislation coming together for climate change and uh, some tax reform. Uh, so there's some some wins, but they haven't been communicated uh, as well as they could. And I think that that is a, a, a problem that uh, they're going to have to figure out. You know, you touched on it there, haven't been communicated as well as they could. Uh, you have some legislative wins. I mean, last week was a pretty good week for the administration uh, with, you know, being able to do something in Washington. But does any of it matter? I mean, are people, when they think about that seat, when they think about uh, the direction of the country, are they paying attention to the kind of things that you just mentioned, or is it more of a, a feeling uh, that you get when watching the president? Well, uh, the, the president certainly uh, is the, the focal point of the whole thing. And, and so, yeah, uh, there is uh, a situation where uh, feelings uh, can sometimes overcome facts. Uh, I, I think that uh, that's that's an issue that they they have. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, of course, is a totally different personality than the uh, last president, and uh, it's perhaps not uh, what the public uh, was uh, looking at or wanting to see. Uh, he's not a uh, an aggressive uh, person who's pushing uh, in a, a strong and sometimes nasty way like the other guy did, and I I think that 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 does have an impact on on the poll results. Ken, do you think Biden's going to run again? And, and for that matter, do you think Trump is going to run again? Uh, I think the answer to, from my personal point of view, and I obviously have no inside information, is that no, neither one of them will run again. Uh, Biden uh, will uh, probably, after the midterm, uh, decide that uh, he will uh, finish out his term. Uh, I think uh, Trump, on the other hand, has accumulation of political and legal problems, uh, and it's obvious now that uh, support is diminishing. So I I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, neither one of them will be on the ballot in November of 2024. Is maybe the biggest, you know, indicator of that, that, uh, you know, you believe neither of them will run again, Um, you know, kind of focusing on the president here, but it might apply to uh, Trump as well that we're already talking about it and it's not even halfway through <laughs> you know the uh the term um or you know to that next election it's been a long two years and if we're talking about it now uh, i mean after another two years how long is that going to feel yeah yeah you raise a good point brian uh, and it's not a good development in government and politics uh uh, you know, when John Kennedy uh, ran for president, uh, he announced his candidacy in January of uh, 1960, uh, and the first primaries were only weeks away. Now, obviously, they were organizing things before that, but but the campaign uh, really didn't get rolling until uh, actually the election year. Uh, this uh, nonstop uh, presidential campaigning stuff is is. is not a not a good development because uh, there's some things that need to be taken care of governmentally and the politics gets in the way. When should we expect those decisions from Biden and Trump to be announced, you know, that they are are running or aren't running? Well, I would think that Biden will certainly hold off in, uh, any decision until after the prim- uh, the midterms. Uh, with Trump, uh, you know, he, 
he's it's not that he's not going to run. It seems obvious that he's going to announce and he's chomping at the bit to do it. Uh, so he may announce uh, any day now. Uh, but uh, the question with him is not so much in the announcing, but that that uh, Republicans, little by little, or uh, I mean, I'm talking about elected officials or former officials who, uh, who want to run for president, uh, little by little, they're positioning themselves to run for that seat, regardless of what Trump does and, and uh, regardless of what they've said about it. So I, I think Trump will technically be running, whether but as far as getting on the ballot in November of 2024, that would be where I would have the doubt. I uh, want to shift focus a little bit. I know you've written uh, recently about the race in the new uh, 23rd Congressional District here in New York. Carl Palladino, Nick Langworthy, both vying for the Republican nomination in that special mm-hmm. primary coming up uh, very soon here this month. Um, all right, Ken, how are you reading this race right now? The um, you know deluge of advertising and getting the name out there with lawn signs from Carl Palladino doesn't quite appear to be matched by Nick Langworthy at this point. Yeah, I, that would be my impression. I uh, I think that at this point, uh, just and this is just uh, a casual observation and anecdotal information, but uh, I I think that uh, Palladino is in the driver's seat at the moment. Uh, he certainly has uh, a lot more money to spend or available if he needs it than uh, Langworthy would have. Uh, but the other part of it is that there's going to be a very low turnout, uh, probably uh, in the 10 to 15 percent range. And the uh, folks most likely to t- turn out in that Republican primary are going to be the uh, people who would uh, associated or support uh, the MAGA uh, movement, the Trump movement. Uh, that would play into Palladino's hands also. You know, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about this, the August factor. I mean, We'll be reporting the results three weeks from today on this race. But the fact that people are not conditioned to voting in the month of August around here has to play a big factor in this, despite all the advertising that's going on. Yeah, yeah, they um, they are not conditioned to doing that. And, and they also remember, gee, wasn't there a primary just at the end of June where we uh, had the primaries for the gubernatorial uh, candidates? So uh, there's... A lot of confusion uh, at, near the end of August. People are getting ready for kids going back to school and uh, things like that. So I think that uh, it's going to be hard to sell. The other, the other thing, Susan, is that the a lot of the TV advertising is just wasted money because they're uh, broadcasting uh, on Buffalo stations, uh, and the most of the people watching are either not uh, Republicans who are eligible to vote in the primary or they don't live in the 23rd congressional district. So a lot of that money is just wasted. Uh, and I, I think that uh, combine that with people watch uh, less television in the summer and uh, it all contributes to uh, the high, highly likely low turnout. We're speaking with political analyst Ken Cruley on WBEN Buffalo, focusing in on the MY23 race between Republicans Carl Palladino, Nick Langworthy. Ken, you know, for better or worse, Carl Palladino does have a lot of name recognition. You know, one way or another, his name has been in the news uh, kind of at a steady drip over the past decade, really, all across western New York. Uh, Is Nick Langworthy overestimating 
the name recognition he has. You know, he is the state Republican Party chair, but in this region, I mean, who can tell you who at any given moment is the party chair in a county, a state, or anywhere else? Yeah, it doesn't really play well as running as a party chair. Uh, I, in my long history of participating and observing political activity around here, no uh, party leader has, uh, who hadn't already held public offices ever run for public office. Uh, I do, it doesn't sell because you're right. It does not, uh, it's not the type of job that people pay attention to. It's inside baseball stuff. And uh, so that, that makes it more difficult for Langworthy, no matter uh, how effective a, a campaign organization he might try to put together. Ken, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Ken Cruley joining us this morning from politicsandstuff.com. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 